Thanks, Grayson. Well, as we um, jump back in this last Sunday, uh, we really enjoyed actually being able to interact with you at some level. Um, And so we want to put that number back up on the the screen. Um, And you can text uh, this number. It's uh, 716-262-9479. If you have prayer requests or if you um, have anything that's just kind of on your mind, concerns are going on, we just appreciated some way of of connecting with you. If you, um, maybe a fun question, if you feel like participating too, is what's maybe one thing that has surprised you uh, in a good way as you've been sheltered in place? What's one kind of pleasant surprise in all of this? I I know I've heard from a number of you the things that aren't so pleasant, um, but maybe what's one thing that surprised you in a good way? We'd just love to hear from you and we'll engage with that in a little bit. Um, But as a way of staying connected on all that's going on, uh, we just want to continue to kind of push you towards our, our website. Uh, we'll continue to update things there. Our services, 6.30, you're, you're here, you're watching, which we so appreciate. Uh, 10.30 a.m. on Sundays is when we'll be live streaming. Um, and so, again, if you need to know more of what's going on or how to get plugged in, uh, you can go to our website. Follow us on Facebook as well. Um, that's where we're doing our, our daily updates. Yeah, yeah, we invite you guys to join us for those as well. We're continuing to work through the Gospel of Matthew together as a church, and so we invite you to to read along with us and then to participate as we continue to post some videos on a daily basis of just some folks from our church just reflecting on the passage and and what they're learning. It's been a great way for us to to continue to connect virtually like this, so we hope that you continue to join us for that. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been fun to see different people sharing kind of throughout the week, and I know it's been a a huge encouragement to me. one of the other things that we, we recognize in the midst of, of all this time is, uh, man, everything's been shaken up. Um, and so financially, there, there's all sorts of stuff that people are wrestling with. Um, and even in the midst of this, we've, we've kind of shifted in some ways to asking you to give online in, in various ways on our website. And, and, and we just appreciate that some, many of you have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just also recognize that none of this happens without your participation with us. And so we, um, we, we continue to rely on that, count on that, and we, we thank you for that. But really, it's, it's not a, a thank you from us. It's just your your stewardship of worshiping the Lord and, and contributing towards what the kingdom is doing in and through crossroads and in this area. And so we would just ask uh, where you can to continue to participate with us in that way. Um, again, you can go online and, and give that way. Or uh, many of you have, have asked, can we continue to send in our checks like regular? And, and we can do that as well. And so just want to keep being clear around that because uh, it is vital to what we do. Um, well, this evening, uh, we want to talk around something that really, um, for the last last couple weeks, as all this has been spinning, um, Romans 12, 12 uh, has really just kind of been this, this playlist in my head that's been on repeat. Um, and, and what it just really points to is this idea of rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. 
And I found those words to really be an anchor point for me as I look around to continue to begin with that rejoicing and hope, right? We've talked around that idea of how do we be a people that practices joy. So how do we continue to rejoice and hope this sure and steadfast anchor that we have in the Lord that Jesus has rescued us and we can look to him and we can be, be satisfied in him and that he is enough. And so we, we hold tight and we rejoice in that even in the midst of all we see around us. And then it says, be patient in tribulation. And I, I find that easier to do at times than others. Um, but I think that's, that's one of those things we, we all wrestle in this of the unknown. And we want to know more information and we're constantly searching for information. And we're going, okay, what's really happening? Who knows what's going to happen? When are things going to reopen? All those things. And, and really there's just this cause call to, to just be patient. Trust that the Lord is not surprised by any of what's happening. And and then there's this last line that says, be constant in prayer. Be constant in prayer. Be always in prayer. Be be conversing with the Lord at all times, constantly in whatever you are doing. And and I think oftentimes when I I think of that idea of, of... Praying without end, being constant in prayer, I, I kind of look to the, the spiritual elite or the spiritual ninjas and think they're the only ones who can do that. But here the Apostle Paul is reminding us to, to come and be in constant conversation with the Lord, our foundation, our rock, so we can find our security in him. And as, as that just was bouncing around in my head and trying to think through pla- practical ways that, that, that we can do this... Um, I sense the Lord really calling us as a church to a a time of prayer and a time of of fasting. And what I found so much encouragement from is uh, as I was thinking through this, I began to, uh, much like I've been listening to other churches and and seeing what God's doing kind of across our nation in this time, and I started to recognize uh, that many people were giving similar messages (laughs) Uh, and, and when I say that, it's not like people are ripping each other off or we're copying one another. But what I see is God is very clearly guiding and directing us in this time and what what he's calling us to. And, and so as I, I had this thought of, of prayer and fasting, I began talking with others who had this similar feel of, I just feel this urgency to be with the Lord and I just want to step in more closely with him. And so we're going to be inviting you, uh, our church family, to join with us over the next few weeks, every Thursday, as we step into a time of, of prayer and fasting. Now, the prayer piece, we're, we're going to have kind of three points that we're, we're focusing on. And, and the first one is to pray for those who are affected by this virus. And, and that's, that's a number of different ways. Those who actually have it, those who have a family member that has it, those who maybe have already lost uh, a loved one. And we've, we've heard, heard stories in our own church family of that already we also want to be praying for those who are on, on the front lines of this, the, the medical workers who are helping and, and stepping in and leaning in and giving of themselves uh, in this time that they would be protected. Mm-hmm. The second thing would be to pray for God to move and for God to heal, for him to do something that is only attributable to him. And so we want to pray towards that end. And the last thing, and I just, I'm not the only one who's seeing this is there seems to be a real opportunity for God to do a new and fresh movement. So we want to just pray for renewal, for revival in both Placer and Nevada counties. 
um, that we as a church would just come together before him, acknowledge his space above us, and just pray towards this end together. And, and so we'll, we'll pray, and then we'll, we'll fast. And the fasting will involve not partaking in, in breakfast or, or lunch, and, and to using that, the, using that kind of awareness, that, that hunger to, to really focus our attention on a hunger for the Lord in those moments. And then we'll break that fast together at, at our, our dinner time um, as we just, again, kind of practice this idea of, of rejoicing in the Lord, but coming before him and being constant in prayer. And so that's, that's our ask. We've, we've heard from a couple of other churches in our area that are going to be partnering with us. And, and I just, I see something beautiful as we, the people of God, really come before the Lord in this time uh, with a renewed sense of urgency and vigor just to, to be before him. Now, what we want to do tonight is talk about what that looks like. Because again, when we think of prayer and we think of fasting, uh, oftentimes that can feel like, well, why would I do that? How would I do that? Am I doing this right? Uh, you know, what, what does that look like? And, and so we want to give you just kind of some, some broad strokes of, of how we're approaching this, how we're stepping into it so that we can be equipped to tomorrow step into this time of prayer and fasting together. And so... We'll begin with, with prayer. Uh, how do we be constant in prayer? How do we do this? Last week, we talked through the, the Lord's Prayer, if you remember. In Matthew 6, Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. And we have this foundational prayer that really shows us what does that look like to, to come before the Lord. Um, and I, again, I, I want to utilize that as, as kind of a, a framework for us um, but again, I, I know as I'm, I'm looking through the camera and I'm looking into your homes, uh, many of you are prayer warriors. Our church, I'm, I'm just so blessed by the many of you who are just on your knees fervently all the time. And then I also know from my own experience in life that sometimes maybe prayer can feel like a very intimidating thing of how do I step into this? What does that mean to converse with God? Do I just come with my kind of, you know, to-do list hopes that he's going to do? Or is there something different that I can step into. And so what I would want to encourage you with is, is a, a simple uh, a method. There's not any one way to do this, but I have found for my own uh, prayer practice, praying through scripture uh, is, is a helpful tool because it keeps me away from just the simple, mm -hmm. uh, here's my list, Lord, would you do all these things? But it helps me to frame and to, to bend my will towards his, to really come open-handed and allow his truth, uh, you know, this truth to, to shape my, my thoughts and to shape my, even my prayers. And so I, I want to give you just a tangible example of what this could look like. If you've got your Bible, you can turn with me to Psalm 91. Um, and, and I just want to use the, the the Psalms are an incredible uh, place for us to practice prayer together. And so I jumped there because it's, it's an appropriate psalm for what we're all feeling and sensing. And, and, and I just want to give you an example. Again, this isn't the only way to pray. I'm just giving you a resource if, if this seems like, how, how would I even start? And so as we look at Psalm 91, a practice, again, that I found helpful and, and uh if you're, if you're looking for another resource on this, Donald Whitney's wrote, written a really good book called Praying Through Scripture, uh, and, and he was in, instrumental in this practice for me. Uh, but it's this. It begins in verse 1. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. 
Now, right there, what, what I, I found helpful is I, I read that truth and then I just stop and I allow the Lord to bring to mind whatever he wants to bring to mind in that moment. But I also ask myself, Lord, am I, am I seeing you as my refuge and my fortress? God, where I'm trusting in lesser things, would you turn my attention back towards you? And all I'm doing is I'm giving the scripture room to breathe. And rather than trying to read into it, maybe what I want to see, I'm letting it read me. And I'm letting the Lord use this truth to shape even my requests that I bring before him. To continue on in verse 3, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. Again, I, I would read through that section and I would, I would stop. And I would say, Lord, do I, do I believe this? Lord, am I allowing the, the fear of this pestilence to be greater than what I believe you're capable of? God, would you, you help me in these moments to trust that you, you truly are my deliverer? that you will cover all things, that I find refuge under your wings. And, and Lord, and this is, this is the beauty of what I found in this practice, is it, it, it goes outward too. Lord, not only would I find refuge under your wings, but would, would others find refuge under your wings? Would those who are, are, are far from you, would they recognize that you truly are over all things? And so as you work your way through the psalm, uh, you find that you're having this ongoing conversation with the Lord as you go. I remember uh, a number of years ago, I was, I was teaching this and practicing this with a number of college students. And, and I remember one of them said, I've, I've never prayed uh, for longer than a minute. I just find it so hard. And I love mm -hmm. the honesty because I think a lot of us at some point have felt that. Maybe some of us are still there. We feel like, man, I, I, I kind of run out of things to say. And as we, we went through this exercise and we just began to pray through these psalms, I remember I said, I, I'm going to give everyone 15 minutes and then we're going to come back and we're going to just talk around how that was. We've given that set time. And I remember at the end of that 15 minutes, no one had come back yet. Hmm. Everyone had kind of spread out and I, I walked around and kind of collected everyone, felt, felt bad that I'm disrupting these conversations that were happening. But I remember the student, one, the student who said, I'd never prayed longer than a minute. He looked and he said, I was only, I was only two verses in mm. and I was having this conversation and, and the Lord was speaking to me and I wasn't, I wasn't bored. I wasn't wondering how's this going. I just was in the moment. Now, again, this isn't some magical way of doing things, but this is a guide that I have found helpful if you are new to prayer or if you haven't practiced prayer regularly. This is a great jumping off Point, that we come before the Lord, we converse with him, we turn our attention towards him, and then we allow his scripture to shape us. And so as we step into this practice together, if you don't have a starting point, uh, maybe Psalm 91 is your starting point tomorrow. And then you just grab a different psalm. Or maybe you go back to the Lord's Prayer, the words of Jesus, and you just say, that's what I'm going to use to begin my conversations with the Lord. But in the midst of all this disruption, uh, I'm, I'm sensing this incredible opportunity for each of us to re-engage with the Lord in this time. And I, I do feel a sense of urgency around that. I don't want us to miss this opportunity. I don't want us to squander this in the midst of all else that's swirling around us. I, I really think the Lord's getting our attention here. And I would encourage you to lean into that, to, to come before him, to to commune with him, to talk directly with him. 
Now, again, I know I could probably turn this camera around into some of your homes and some of you are saying amen because you've experienced this and you've, you've seen the transformation that comes. And I, I wish so badly I could point to all of you right now and say, and I know you, this is just your life and this is what you do. Uh, and others of you are thinking, I, I don't know how to do that. Well, here's an opportunity to, to step in and, and to begin the practice of, of prayer and coming before the Lord and, and turning our attention towards him. So that's, that's a piece of it. We want to spend our time in prayer, but there's this whole other side too of, of fasting and, and why would we fast and why would I ever give up a meal because I love food? <laughs> I find so much satisfaction there. Enough has been taken away from us. Now you're telling me to give up a couple of meals. Um, <laughs> and, and so you may have questions around that. And so uh, we just want to talk a little bit around We're fasting. just going to leave those questions <laughs> lingering and you can, no, we, we want to talk about that. Obviously, I think most of us are familiar with the concept of fasting where we, we give up eating for particular amount of time. Um, Sometimes we give up specific foods and sometimes it's food altogether. And this is a practice that we find all throughout scripture, all throughout both the Old and the New Testament. And Andrew, you and I were talking about how even in the garden, um, when God Mm -hmm. creates everything and then gives Adam and Eve stewardship over the garden and gives them the bounty that it provided, there was this stipulation that they needed to refrain from eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So even there, we see sort of the roots of God as the perfect provider, giving sort of dietary restrictions and how this this act of saying no to food is a way of pointing us to God's yep. provision. And so even even though the word fasting isn't used there, sort of the principle is, is right there from the beginning. And then we pick up in Exodus as, as we've been studying mm-hmm. through, and it's officially sort of mentioned for the first time, this idea of, of fasting. And what's interesting is that Moses on Mount Sinai, both times in chapter 24 and in chapter 34 as well, um, when he goes up to receive the Ten Commandments, um, the first time God inscribes the the stones and and gives them to, to Moses and he goes back down. And what does he find? Well, they've They've made a golden calf and, and disobeyed. And so he breaks those tablets and, and goes back up and, and gets another set. But what's really interesting to me is that both times it, it's recorded that he fasts for 40 days and mm-hmm. 40 nights. And it specifically says that he refrains from eating bread and from drinking water. And that's a long time to yeah. go without food and water. We can, we can last a few days without food, can't last very long without water. And yet it specifically records that he went 40 days and 40 nights alone with God on Mm -hmm. the top of Mount Sinai. What an experience that would have been. And we learn a couple of things, I think, about fasting as a whole that I think will help us understand why do we go through this practice of of going without food? Is it just for discomfort? Mm -hmm. Is it just for the sake of saying we did it? Um, I think Moses shows us exactly why we go through the practice and the discipline of fasting. And then throughout the rest of scripture, we see folks, we see them fast to gain wisdom. Mm -hmm. We see them fast to grieve the loss of something or someone. And we see them fast to repent. And so they they practice this thing later on in scripture. But I I think right here gives us a solid understanding of why we do it in the first place. Deuteronomy chapter 9, he's reflecting to the, pre- the subsequent generations. He's talking about how God continued to provide for them through the wilderness. And he talks about his experiences um, up on Mount Sinai and, and tells them, hey, here's why I fasted. And his basic point was that God was the provider of everything physical. Mm-hmm. But while he was there, God supernaturally 
kept him alive mm-hmm. and in doing so reminded him that he met these mm-hmm. spiritual needs. Um, as Moses was there for 40 days and 40 nights and Yahweh took care of him and sustained him, imagine how that pointed Moses to the covenant that mm-hmm. God entered with him. The covenant where he pulled the whole nation of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. The covenant where God said, hey, I want you to be my people. I want to be with you. I'm going to be your God. And I've, I've created this land that I'm going to take you to. And, and him being drained physically was a reminder of what God meant for him. And so that, that, that's similar to, to yeah. why we do it. When we, when we fast... When we feel those, those pains, the discomfort of hunger, and I, and I get it. I, yep. The word hangry you know, came to <laughs> mind when we get so hungry that we get angry. That's a real thing. Um, ask my wife. That's a real and we're, thing. We're saying we're all locked in a house together. Now let's get hangry together um, and exactly. just add fuel to the and fire. And then just but, have at it. No, there's, there's an opportunity. Here. Yeah, I, I think what we, what we learn from Moses here is, is he talks about this experience that he had twice yep. with God on Mount Sinai is that as we are drained physically and God continues to meet our needs, it, it reminds us of a much deeper need that he meets in our lives, and that's a spiritual need. So as we, as we read about Moses and, and his experience on the mountaintop and how it reminded him of the Mosaic Covenant, how God rescued them, how he had a plan for them, um, as we feel hunger pains for the few hours that we mm-hmm. do it, mm-hmm we are made to think about something much deeper than the physical needs that we're experiencing, but we're made to think about the new covenant that God provides for us through Jesus, that there's this huge chasm that was created because of our sin, that Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, fills for us. And so as we feel those, the pains of hunger, we're made to think about the needs that Jesus has already met for us that go much deeper than the physical needs. And that draws us into his presence. It draws us to feel gratitude towards him. And it helps center us on what God wants to do mm-hmm. in, and, in and through us. Mm-hmm. And so as we talk about this practice of praying and of fasting, we're not just suggesting make yourself uncomfortable. Right. God likes that. Yeah. What we're saying is that as we see in scripture, as, as we feel those hunger pains, let that draw you into God's presence yeah. and let you, let you recognize what he has done for you, both physically as our provider yeah. and the spiritual need that he has met for us. Yeah. And so that's what we see in scripture, um, particularly with Moses on Mount Sinai when yeah. he has that incredible experience yeah. with God. Well, and, and I think the, the beauty of turning our attention in, and kind of forcibly in some ways towards him in this moment um, to remember who he is, that mm-hmm. he's sufficient, mm-hmm. um, and just to, to listen and to pay attention to what he has for us. Um, I, I think there's a, a gift there for us to, to, to lean into. Absolutely. Um, I really do. And um, I, I remember um, when I was in college and Rachel and I were, were dating and, um, I, I was, I was all fired up to fast and I'm, I'm going to do this. And I remember I spent the whole day, um, talking about how hungry I was and gosh, this is so hard and, and all these different things. And I, I remember, and this is, you know, we were dating then, and, and this is just another reason why she's my wife and one of the best decisions ever in my life. Yeah best decision in my life. She must um, be watching. She, right she's now. watching somewhere, <laughs> but, but she, she looked at me and, and I, I will never forget. She said, you're not, I don't think you're doing this right. <laughs> and it just was like, she kind of cut me like right to the quick of like, you're, you're not doing this right. And I was like, you know, at first I was offended and then I felt really convicted. I was like, well, because I was making it all about my, my experience and what mm-hmm. I was doing. That, the, the point of, of fasting is not so that we can look, you know, holier than anyone else. The point is that we 
we intentionally are saying, I want to pay more attention to you today, Lord, than even this meal that I normally have. I want to place you above and for this season, I want to be acutely aware of what you're doing and what you're mm-hmm. saying. Um, and I want to put myself in line with that. It's certainly an intimate thing. I mean, Jesus talks about this in, in Matthew 6. Where he, he specifically says, don't do what Andrew did. No, he says, don't be like the Pharisees. You're not do you Pharisees. see how great I am? <laughs> His point is, is don't be like the Pharisees who sort of wear it on the outside yeah. so that yeah. you know what they're doing. And it's this, this sense of trying to communicate spiritual elitism. Yeah. Yeah. He says, no, this is, this is a very private, intimate thing between you and God. And so similarly to the way he says, hey, go pray in the innermost room. He says, hey, when you're, when you're fasting, that is an, an act of submission mm-hmm. to the Lord. And yeah. so make that a, a private thing that's intimate where you can really hear from him and commune with him. This isn't a public spectacle to try to garner attention. Yeah. It's this private act of submission to go, God, I want more of you and I want less of me. And as I say no to food and I experience hunger, that just reminds mm-hmm. me uh, that I want to empty myself of the things that cloud my judgment and take me away from you. And I, I just want to embrace more of your presence and more of your will, more of your wisdom. And I just, I want to see you work in my life. And so it's intimate mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's private. Mm-hmm. No, no, and and uh, what, I, what I'm excited about in the midst of this too is that even though, again, we're, we're not able to gather as we would like. We are still no less the church. And in moments like this, uh, we are still coming together in, in a different way, but we're coming together to focus our hearts and our attention on the Lord. And so uh, we, would, we would love for you to join in with us. And, and we're beginning again tomorrow, Thursday. Um, and we're just going to continue just to pray again for those affected by the virus. We're going to pray that God would move, that God would heal, and that we're also going to pray for... Uh, a renewal and a revival within Placer and Nevada counties, that there would just be a fresh movement of, of God. And so as we step into this time, um, I, I believe it will be a significant moment for mm-hmm. us as a church. And as we join with other churches too, we're just coming before the Lord and saying, God, you you are God, we are not. And mm-hmm. we, we, we want to just come before you, acknowledge that and see you move. And so... Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Lord does. I can't wait to hear um, from you all what you learn in this time, what God speaks mm. to you, um, and what this does for us as a, as a church, church family. Yeah, and I would encourage you as well, um, your family, whatever your family yeah. looks like, um, do this together. Yeah. Mkara and I, my wife and I have recognized that, that throwing off our normal rhythms mm-hmm. has also given room for a lot of new, fun, and beautiful rhythms, right. like having more time together at the yeah. table, having more time in the living room. And so we can, we can use those times to sort of pass the time right. by binge watching things or what have yeah. you. Or we can say, oh no, God, you've given us this time as a family mm-hmm. to really center around these yeah. ideas, to really invite you to move in our lives and in our city and in our mm-hmm. church. And so I know I've really been challenged with my four mm-hmm. um, for us to utilize yeah. this time to fast together and to explain to my little yeah. children why we're not having food, <laughs> but also to invite them into this time of prayer where we're really interceding for mm-hmm. our city and for our church. And um, so, yeah, I, I just invite you, whatever your family or, or your home yeah. looks like, um, make this a joint thing as we continue to, to build community mm-hmm. and to be the church, which is people, uh, not a building. Um, this Amen. is a great opportunity for us to do that. Amen. Amen. Well, let's, um, let's continue in some worship as, as we, uh, we, we come kind of near to the end of our time together. Sam, would you pray for us? Absolutely. 
Lord, we are um, just so grateful for the fact that you continue to meet our every need. Mm-hmm. And we thank you for the fact that you are sovereign and in control. And um, Lord, you're not shocked by any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not thrown off. You're not resorting to some kind of secondary plan B or C. Or um, God, you have things well in hand. Mm-hmm. And we just rest in that. God, I pray that you'd be working in this time, um, this evening and tomorrow, as we just make a concerted effort to, to pray to go without food and, and have that, the, the, the physical pains and discomfort of being hungry point us to you and the needs, the needs that you continue to meet. May it draw us into your presence. May it help us to just submit to you, Lord, and ask for more of you in our lives. May it help it give us eyes to see the needs that you have already put in front of us that you're calling us to help meet. Give us ears to hear, Lord. We really want to just see a powerful movement. We want to see your kingdom grow and develop. Mm. We want to see revival. We want to see people turn to you. We want to see our faith grow and deepen. And we know that you can do that even in the midst of this virus. We know that you can do that even though we're not able to gather together here in one spot. We know that we're scattered, but we're united in you. So we just profess that tonight. We're so grateful for that reality. Mm And God, we just want your name to be made great. We want to make much of you. So glorify yourself. Even even this evening as we continue to worship in different spaces and sing together, Lord, glorify yourself as we cry out to you with our hearts and our voices and, and celebrate who you are.